are back with another episode of Underrated. Bo, welcome back. Yeah, thank you. Welcome back, Lefty. Yeah, the, the winter storms and extreme weather, you know, kind of largely died down. How were your yeah. holidays? You survive? Yes, I survived. I uh, And it is now, uh, I survived through the negative temperatures, and now it is uh, it was almost 60 degrees here today. So. Nice, nice. Yeah, we got that last week in Seattle. It was kind of weird. We got the... Uh, you know, like inch of ice that shut down the city and the next day it was 55. So yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty weird. Uh, all the snow has melted already. And I was, I was walking around in a t-shirt earlier. Yeah. That's, that's Midwest shorts and t-shirt weather. <laughs> that's right. You know, it, it's our last episode of 2022, you know, so before we dive in, I did just want to thank everyone who has made underrated a part of their year. And, uh, you know, we can't wait to spend the next one talking to you about some more underrated athletes, events and happenings. That's right. We kind of jumped into this, you know, uh, um, basically over a conversation or two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty. It's pretty wild. We've uh, we've seen some growth here, and we've uh, we've uh, been able to connect with some different demographics and uh, some cool people. So that's been awesome. Definitely, we've had a lot of good conversations, a lot of great guests, um, and you know, at the end of the year, we've surprisingly had a couple thousand people listen to this kind of silly podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's surprising, but, uh, you know, very appreciative, uh, as Lefty said. Yeah, so before we, we jump into the, the meat of the episode, let's talk about some current events. Today, it was announced that former Mariners, Rangers, and Yankees star Alex Rodriguez would be acquiring another 20% ownership stake, along with business partner Mark Lore of the Minnesota Timberwolves and Lynx. That brings their current ownership stake of the basketball programs up to 40%. And they have until the end of 2023 to exercise an option to purchase an additional 40%. That would make them primary and majority owners. You know, we talk a lot about bad sports franchise owners on this podcast. So I want to yeah. ask you, do you think that former players make better owners? You know, I, I don't know how well the balance is. You know, you, you should have the business mind. And you should also have the uh, uh, obviously the player's best interests at heart too, and and, and wanting to build and understanding that um, Alex Rodriguez has never played basketball in his life, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm I, you know the Timberwolves who have been actually a disappointment so far this season uh, they are perform they're underperforming quite a bit, um, but. I, I do appreciate the interest in the WNBA as well and the importance there. And I think it can be good. Maybe it is good for, for people, you know, former athletes outside of this specific sport, maybe to, to come in with, you know, a different set of eyes, who knows? Uh, but you know, it, it's, it's really tough to say. I, I don't know. I, I don't even trust Alex Rodriguez's comment, <laughs> a comment you know, as a commentator, uh, I don't know about his business mind, but, um, you know, obviously he's part of a group that has a lot of money and, uh, you know, I, I hope they're able to build up in that market. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, I don't think that Alex Rodriguez will be, you know, a phenomenal owner, but I do envision that, uh, you know, there could be former athletes from other sports or even baseball that, that could be better owners. The players that are now incredibly successful outside of the sport that they played were also wronged by specific systems within those sports maybe going sure. about things completely differently as owners, um, you know, as the primary investors in these franchises. Maybe they'll come in and one of their biggest moves will be to uh, 
take some you know underprivileged children to the game <laughs> <laughs> will they have to buy back the the tickets absolutely i mean you know it's a business <laughs> <laughs> so yeah you know we'll see yeah yeah i i could just envision a world you know where where someone like you know chris bryan or adley rutchman who had their their financial earnings of the future completely kind of decimated by you know business moves of of franchise owners right kind of kind of coming in and, and changing the way way things happen but yeah uh, definitely. hard to say we'll see <laughs> you know we're, we're fast approaching the first games of the college football playoffs and then the eventual national championship game that leaves us with just one final season with this current four-team format and only one season away from the implementation of the 12-team playoffs. Does the 12-team college football playoff excite you? Is it something you think can reinvigorate a college football bowl season that is, uh, you know, incredibly stale? <laughs> uh, no, it doesn't really excite me. Um, I think it uh, <laughs> pro- <laughs> prolongs the boredom. I don't know if you've been seeing, I, I can't remember what game it is uh, or game it was, but... Uh, it was like an Alabama A&M or something crazy. Um, there were just shots of fans just asleep in the stands all over the stadium. <laughs> and I think that was, you know, obviously um, a good representation of, of some of these bowl games. I mean, they, they are pretty ridiculous, but um, no, I mean, it really doesn't do anything for me. Uh, I'm not sure what the avid college football fan thinks out there, but um, I don't know how this improves, you know, the playoff system. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, it probably will cause a few less players, a few fewer players to opt out of these games. But at the sure. same time, it's, you know, I, d- I don't know how much of an impact that'll actually have. It's it's more right. opportunities for injury against higher level competition. And it's just extra games that uh, I don't know if anybody really wants. Yeah, that's that's kind of my point. I don't, I don't know if uh, it's really a necessity. So, um, you know, it just seems like a... We we will have another military sponsorship or, or yeah something. yeah uh, uh, the, you know a convoluted sponsor who's pretty quiet and underhanded about what they do but they make drones or something yeah. that, that kill <laughs> civilians in Yemen bomb parts <laughs> yeah. yeah how many how many like bulls that. there are more bulls now sponsored by arms manufacturers than by mayonnaise companies. Right. Hey. What has what has this country come to? I feel like we see the words freedom and liberty quite a bit in in a lot of these bull names now. It's pretty uh, pretty common for some reason. Well, you know, I think that maybe that's indicative of where the viewership is coming from. You know, maybe the yeah. the people watching these bulls are uh, you know all fifty seven, you know, white and from Middle America. That that could be true. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. yeah, it's Christmas Day. You got to turn on a game. You got to turn something on. You know, you're sure. gonna you're gonna you're gonna roll towards liberty, freedom, <laughs> bomb. <laughs> Absolutely. Parts. I mean, because hey, you know that's that's patriotism. Yeah, you know, I'm just waiting for the first player, and we talked about this the other day. I'm waiting for the first player to opt out, claiming they don't want to play in a bowl with that type of sponsor. Sure, whatever sponsor that may be, right? Uh, as far as you know, what they believe in and and what they don't, where their stance is on, you know, what that uh, what said company does, um, for sure. And I I think that is going to be a thing of the future, and uh, you know, it's 
it's it's probably coming up here soon. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, I probably wouldn't play in the uh, the what was it the Independence Bowl? Who was the sponsor of that? The uh, Radiance Technologies. Radiance Technologies. Yeah. yeah. Who makes? We're just talking about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I would probably object to that or the Lockheed Martin Bowl, but uh, <laughs> the Lockheed you know, Martin Bowl. <laughs> you know, but there are also, you know, potentially. Um, sponsorship issues here right you know sure i'm curious how how far we are from a player not participating participating in a bowl because a company that they are sponsored by is a direct competitor of the of the sponsor of the bowl game yeah well those those worlds are going to collide absolutely that's for sure there's there's no way of stopping that and that's going to cause a major shakeup. you know that's a great call yeah, you know, when I when that athlete gets sponsored by Jimmy Fallon, they're not going to be able to play in the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. Well, my goodness, what a world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we're going to do a little bit of a different episode today. We are going to talk about three underrated athletes events, whatnot, yeah. from the previous year, from 2022. And then we're going to pivot, you know, break away from the from the formula and talk about three overrated athletes events or whatnot from 2022 that's right which one did you want to jump into first Bo? let's start with some underrated guys that's our forte here yeah yeah so so you know i'm handling underrated but we'll talk about the overrated but you know first and probably most inevitably if you know me or follow me on twitter i want to talk about the year of swimmer katie ledecky katie ledecky you know, well, she she was just named the AP Female Athlete of the Year for the second time. Probably not, you know, traditionally considered underrated. But I, I don't think enough people recognize how dominant and impressive the numbers she's putting up, like, actually are. Right. You know, in, in the 800-meter and 1,500-meter freestyle event, there's quite simply no one else on the same level in the same, like, in the world at any time. It's, it's just right. un, unreal the the time she's putting up you know in the 800 meter free she currently holds the 23 fastest times ever recorded for a woman <laughs> you're right exactly if, if if anybody out there has seen this graphic that was just up here recently i know we we you know we uh tweeted it out or retweeted it um is 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 there any competition it just doesn't seem as though anyone is is in that league yeah yeah the the competition is her breaking her own records by seemingly massive amounts, right? Yeah. You know, in 2022 alone, at the FINA World Cup events, Ledecky set an American record for the 400-meter freestyle. Not an event that she typically dominates in, but still the best American ever. And then demolish world records in both the 800 and 1500-meter events. You know, like, almost 10 seconds off her best time for the 800 and almost 15 seconds on the 1500 just just right. just insane stretches of records she already held you know it's truly hard to articulate how impressive she's been and how far away the competition is for sure yeah absolutely and this has been going on for a long time i mean for every, anyone who isn't familiar with her career i mean she won her first olympic gold medal you know in 2012 at age 15 so it feels like she's been around forever but she is a you know twenty five year old woman, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. And folks talk a lot about you know must watch sporting events, and I think that any Katie Ledecky freestyle event in twenty twenty three is something that uh, you know absolutely no one should miss. 
Yeah, agreed. I mean, she just earned AP Female Athlete of the Year for the second time, you know, uh, just yesterday, I think. And, uh, you know, well-deserved. Um, that's a, a huge accomplishment, especially in the world of, you know, female athletes, of course. But just another accolade to add uh, to her, her room of trophies. I mean, yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. And, like, even just, like, outside of all of those accolades, accomplishments and whatnot, it's genuinely exciting to see how much better a person is than everyone else at a sport you know it's just well, yeah. it's just fun to watch think about that i mean she's she's held the 800 and the 1500 meter free records since 2013 so we're talking about 10 years there hasn't been a serious challenger in either of those races that is unbelievable in its own right you know on top of everything else you know uh you know claiming a gold in the 400 free, you know, being part of a winning U.S. team, you know, in just, I mean, accomplishments, you know, in, in her young career. Very, very crazy. Definitely, definitely just supremely underrated. So for sure. Pivoting to number two, I want to talk about another player that uh, retired from the WNBA this past season. You know, we spoke earlier this year about the legacy of Sue Bird. And how in the greater basketball landscape, her success, dominance, and career are, are pretty underappreciated. For sure. But, uh, you know, another player that retired in 2022 to a little bit less fanfare was Sylvia Fowles. Right, right. Fowles retired as an eight-time All-Star, a two-time WNBA champion, a two-time Finals MVP, four-time Defensive Player of the Year, and the 2017 WNBA MVP. You know, at the time of her retirement, Fowles um, is the all-time WNBA rebounds leader and has the highest career rebounds per game in WNBA history, as well as the highest shooting percentage in WNBA history. You know, she wasn't always the biggest star ever, but Fowles put together one of the, the greatest careers in the history of the WNBA. You know, while, while Fowles will definitely be honored, you know, by a spot in the Basketball Hall of Fame at some point, her retirement and career were a bit overshadowed by the retirement of Bird. Sure. You know? And I, I don't know how much you watched her play, um, but, you know, stats and accolades aside, I think she might have been one of the most fun athletes to watch in WNBA history. For sure. You know, we were just talking about the Minnesota Lynx. You know, I mean, she obviously was the league MVP a few years back. Um, she's been a four-time defensive player of the year. Um, she's a four-time, you know, Olympic gold medal winner. Um, one can argue that she's could be one of the best defensive players in WNBA history. Um, she's got she's going to be up there um, again. Um, you know, great accomplishments. Also, I mean, I don't know if you read anything about her, but her her future plans here. She's becoming a mortician. I'm not sure if you <laughs> saw this or not, but she her future career. Um, she's, she's very passionate about being a mortician and, you know, she's like, my life is not basketball. This is, uh, this is my future here. But, um, no, I, I agree with you. I, I think that, uh, her retirement was overshadowed by, I mean, Sue Bird is, we talked about this right on the Mount Rushmore. I, I mean, she's up there with Gary Payton, you know, and, and Sean Kemp and guys like that. Um, on the Seattle Mount Rushmore of, you know, great athletes, uh, where she belongs, uh, probably the best basketball player, um, so far in, in this century, uh, in Seattle, you know, yeah, basketball. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I just, uh, 
I do believe that uh, Sylvia Falls is, I mean, one of the best defensive players that I've seen in the WNBA and that I've gotten watched and uh, definitely underrated for sure. Yeah, and you know, I, I think everyone who watches and enjoys basketball probably enjoys different aspects uh, sure. of the game. For me, I love, you know, post players like like Fouls, you know. Her presence yeah. under the basket on both sides of the ball was was just awesome to watch, you know. She'd fly sure. in and block shots from, you know, while, while standing there, somebody driving at her, she'd come out of nowhere from behind to block shots. Just a, just an insane presence, uh, you know. And, and even even with the ball under the basket, she seemed unstoppable at times, taking on two, three defenders um, and driving to the basket, you know, right. and, and right. g- getting it to fall somehow. Uh, so definitely underrated, and I implore, you know, anybody to go watch some of her highlights. Especially yeah. from that 2017 season where, you know, she, she was, what, 32, 33? Um, right, right, and, yeah. And, and just yeah. totally upped her game at, at a time when a lot of players are, are on the decline. Right. Well, she's, you know, one of the top 10 scorers in WNBA history. And I think it wasn't her last game, but maybe second to last game when they played the Seattle Storm. Um, you know, and uh, you, you were able to see those two, uh, you know, yeah, great yeah. athletes on, uh, in, in the same building for, for one last time. Um, definitely look her up if you're not familiar with her. Um, outstanding career. And this has been such a super fun time for the WNBA. Um, she's laid the groundwork for, you know, a plethora of great athletes ahead of her, you know. Absolutely. Very excited. Definitely, definitely. So, so lastly, number three. I want to go way off our typical path and talk about an athlete in a sport that I don't think we've ever discussed. You know, before, right. but first, before we jump into that, Bo, I want to ask you, do you remember what you were doing when you were 16 years old? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 I remember it. You know, I was, I was driving. I was uh, playing three sports in high school and uh, getting into a lot of trouble. Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember those days. You know, it, it's pretty wild, but you know, nowadays in many states, you can't even get a driver's license until you're 17 or older. Did you know this? Man, that's crazy. No, I didn't know this. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, is especially topical because today I want to talk about Josh Pearson, who at only 16 years old competed as a driver at Le Mans this summer. You know, I don't know how much you, you, you follow, you know, motorsports, but... Oman is known as, you know, one third of the triple crown of motorsports, along with the Indianapolis 500 and the Monaco Grand Prix. You Definitely. Know, the, the 24 hour race at Le Mans is, you know, an incredible feat in and of itself. You know, teams of three drivers compete to drive around the course for 24 straight hours, you know, pushing their cars to the brink of failure to see, you know, which team drivers and cars can travel the furthest distance in that 24 hours. Yeah. You know, Pearson, who will be competing in the Indy Next Series next year, finished sixth along with his team at Le Mans at 16 years old, right? right. So in, in 24 hours, you know, the team of three drove over 3,100 miles. Um, and, and again, at 16 years old, it seems like a incredibly lofty and um, kind of, you know, out of left field goal for someone that age. For to, sure. To drive... For- at, at such a prestigious event in France that, you know, a lot of people, especially in the U.S., and especially teenagers in the U.S., um, probably haven't even heard of. Absolutely. I mean, think about this, right? Uh, there are 
professional drivers who go their entire lives wanting to be a part of this and don't have the opportunity to. And yet a 16-year-old from Oregon comes out and is able to win his debut race <laughs> and, yeah. and and drive at Le Mans, right? Yeah. Which, yeah. Uh, like you said, I mean, it's uh, it's it's the World Cup of driving. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, obviously they didn't win, which is unfortunate, but finishing finishing sticks at a, at a race that, you know, most people can't even qualify for. Um, right. Just <laughs> they require such incredible in, endurance. It's just a lofty accomplishment for, again, someone who's only 16 years old. Exactly. Yes, one of his teammates, Oliver Jarvis, is almost 40 years old. Think about that. I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> your 16-year-old teammate is, uh, you know, uh, outperforming you. Something yeah. you've done, uh, you know, 22 years longer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? No, that's, a, that's an incredible feat. Um, you know, racing, especially here in the States, is still, you know, Formula One in itself is is just is growing and it's growing very quickly right um i i think in a few more years there's going to be a lot more awareness and a lot more hype behind it and we're going to see you know uh more events taking place in the u.s than have in recent history um just because of you know who's involved and how much money there is in the uh, sport of you know racing so um you know hopefully this will be a big platform and his uh his home country will be a uh, you know a big stage for him in the future. Yeah, totally, totally. And you know, I, I don't think either of us are the biggest racing fans. Um, I I think that uh, a lot of Americans, specifically, you know, their idea of racing is maybe the Indy Five Hundred, but uh, largely NASCAR, which um, I think on the world stage is likely a kind of uh, the, the redneck racing. <laughs> <laughs> definitely definitely well if uh you know you're into film and you want to go back a little bit and you've got some spare time uh steve mcqueen stars in a movie called lemons it's uh from uh, 1971 and i will say it's a super raw cool film um a very you know gritty take on um the race itself and uh yeah it's actually a good watch yeah i have to check that out um do you, th- do you think he'll uh, you think he'll ch- catch any of the the actual Le Mans race next year? Yeah, definitely. I think um, I, I've actually grown to be more interested in it. You know, there's there's just a lot more conversation about it now, and uh, um, I have watched Formula One racing in the past, and it is much more entertaining. You know, it's the Tour de France. Take for instance, I'm not going to watch cycling on a regular basis, right? But when the Tour de France is happening, I turn it on. I yeah, watch it yeah. for whatever reason. I just want to see whether it's because of just geographically the the, the scenery and the beauty in it. But there's just uh, something about an event like that that's kind of breathtaking in itself. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that a lot of, you know, kind of circling back to what I say about NASCAR, um, a lot of American, you know, people who are aware of racing, probably see drivers like you know whoever's in nascar these days i don't know and and the drivers they don't look athletic and they give off this vibe that that it doesn't really require any kind of athletic ability right right and that that might be the case for for nascar um but when you get to these higher level sporting events like like le mans like 
um, you know, Formula One, as you mentioned. Um, it's it's just so much more difficult. Um, I, I saw a video uh, recently of one of the guys from uh, the, the the British program Top Gear, who are you know professional drivers, so to speak. For sure. You know, they're right. people who have been around cars forever, and and one of them was attempting to drive a Formula One car, and he literally could not do it. You know, stated that it it, it the car drove more quickly than he could think about what to do. Absolutely. Uh, they absolutely handle uh, very different, right? I mean, um, it's uh, it's intense. And to, th- and to go back to your point, imagine a teenager, you know, being behind the wheel, right? Yeah, and just yeah. The, not having a, 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 a long track record of driving in general. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and then having to, you know, uh, presumably drive over a thousand miles in eight hours, you know, um, around a, a, a track in France, just incredible. So, you know, I think, I think Pearson is absolutely underrated. Someone we should keep an eye on going forward. Somebody that could be a, a big name in racing, whatever type of racing he decides to, decides to stick with. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. So, so my underrated athletes, uh, you know, that, that everyone should check out Katie Ledecky, uh, Sylvia Fowles, Josh Pearson. Is there anybody you wanted to talk about as overrated? Oh my gosh. I mean, we've got a lot of got a lot of overrated people out there, but you know, I want to start out with the NFL because you know there's a constant you know love affair, and as much as I wanted to put Tom Brady on this list, um, <laughs> I didn't. But I'm gonna do I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna do a little bit better than that. Um, the NFL is in this state where they see a hire and they believe in it, and they get on this kick where they're going to stop at nothing to promote this. And a guy that they've done this with <laughs> is Mike McDaniel. <laughs> oh, I, sh- I, I knew this was coming as soon as he started talking. Oh my gosh. So here it is. Just to be clear, I don't hate Mike McDaniel. Okay. Yes. Bill's fan of nearly three decades, but here it is the end of the year. And this team is eight and seven and a mere five weeks ago, they were the favorites to win the AFC East. All the talk was that, you know, New York football was back and the Dolphins are back and all this stuff. And the the Dolphins were the team to beat because McDaniel's a genius. Because apparently he did some wizardry and somehow taught Tua how to throw because obviously Tua has never played quarterback in, in his whole <laughs> entire life, right? And wasn't a successful college quarterback. He also miraculously put together this high-powered offense by, uh, you know, creating players like Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill in a lab somewhere. Also, um, those guys were never good. Uh, so listen, he may be a very long tenured, successful coach in the NFL. I have no idea, but the absolute love affair the media has with him is almost cringeworthy to me. Yeah. I mean, when he speaks, it sounds like someone, your 16 year old daughter, it sounds like one of Josh Pearson's friends. <laughs> That he would bring over. And that's to be expected as as a teenager, not a grown man. So, you know, thank you, NFL, for your absolute ass-kissing fest about this, you know, analytical genius. Uh, The team's eight and seven, and they're fighting for a playoff spot. And just to remind you, Mike Tomlin is seven and eight in a division with the Ravens and Bengals. And he's had, you know, leftover parts for, you know, a quarterback. And it doesn't mean he's one of the top 10 coaches in the NFL. So let's just stop this right Right, right there. 
Yeah, yeah. No, totally agree. Um, absolutely overrated. It's it's wild. I feel like every few days I see some kind of video of of McDaniel talking, saying the most absurd, asinine things, and a comment section just full of people talking about how great and funny this man is, despite uh, you know, uh, really saying no, nothing of substance and, and nothing appropriate for the situation. He's he's become the NFL's you know frat boy, and you know he's got this legion of you know barstool fans that think this guy's cool and. You know, I don't care about any of that stuff. It's just, you know, they have this love affair with him and it's, it's, it's not good, you know? Yeah. Right it's, it's, it's like the, the league needed someone to take over the throne from, uh, John Gruden, right? Somebody who wasn't a great coach, took, took a team that was already created for him and won with it and then spent the next decade plus acting as if he was a phenomenal coach and analytical mind and somebody that, uh, you know, people should listen to talk about literally anything. Um, right, right. Well, I, I think there's a couple key additions to this team, you know, Tyreek Hill and, you know, one or two other players. But, I mean, this is a team that Brian Flores had last year, you know. Um, yeah. So let's 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 just cool it for a second and, and let's see here. And, uh, you know, um, let's all agree that Mike McDaniel's been overrated uh, by default by this joke of the NFL. Um, so number two, there's, there's sort of a tie and you're, you're going to love this. I'm going to, I'm going to get freaking destroyed for this. And I know, so let's start with the first one. Aaron judges home run chase. (laughs) (laughs) Who's going to destroy you? I don't think that, uh, Roger Maris Jr. knows how to use Twitter. Exactly. Right. This thing was completely blown out of proportion. Um, in my opinion, again, I've lived through this now twice, all the conversations again about Roger Maris, um, you know, all the additional Yankees coverage, which was already a circus, you know, with, you know, Boone flipping out with Josh Donaldson being a racist and all these other things happening within that organization and that terrible second half of a season that they had, that was just a, a complete media circus. And there's no mention about the guys who have broken this record already, it's just, you know, they're an afterthought and, you know, the Yankees are this self-proclaimed America's team, you know, uh, it's yeah, just, yeah. I, I think it was completely blown out of proportion. Um, they talked about how great, how, how judge had such great character and all these things. And the guy is probably one of the most boring human beings I, I've seen out there. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, I, I, yeah. You know, people talk all the time about how, um, you know, Mike Trout is a horrible face for the sport. You know, they're the same player. They they have the same personality. One one That's of them is it. just one of them is just better and plays in LA. <laughs> right, exactly. And you know, I we've talked about this. Can Aaron Judge hit forty five home runs next season? Absolutely. But for him to do this again is 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 not going to happen. I'll just say it right now. It's not going to happen again. And I think that uh, you know. Uh, coming back for all that money was probably the most boring move I've seen. I, I was really hoping he'd go to the Giants. <laughs> well, and, and the thing that I think hasn't been discussed enough is, it, it, you know, for the last couple years, we've had this on and off again discussion about the construction of Major League Baseball, right? Right. Some of them are heavier. 
those heavier balls travel further and more likely to yep. be a home run. Right? right, that is a proven proven fact. Um, they used these balls a few years ago, and it you know resulted in a in a serious you know influx in home runs and offensive production. That's right. Uh, I believe in 2020, 20 was it 2020 season? They used them for part of the season. Yeah, rolling into 2021. Um, they they claimed that they had gotten rid of these, and they rolled out this 2022 season with a different ball that everyone stated, you know, was lighter, didn't travel as far, sure. was was deadened, and uh, you know, resulted in fewer home runs. Right, you know, exactly. In, independent testing of balls this season showed that during the home run chase, the balls that were given to the Yankees were heavier and traveled further. <laughs> Like hey, for, for all science. of, for all of the, the, you know, moral superiority surrounding this, this record of doing it the right way, the clean way, the league had to interfere and use Absolutely. balls that made it easier for Aaron Judge to hit home runs. Right. Yeah, I and, mean, and, that's, that's just the way it is. Yeah. And we, <laughs> we saw these, these balls with the Yankees and, and apparently they were also used, uh, they were specific balls that were branded with, um, you know, some kind of, some kind of brand to talk about the, the Texas Rangers, you know, sure. those yeah. specifically branded Rangers balls. Do you, do you remember where Aaron Judge hit his record breaking home run? And in Arlington. <laughs> in Arlington. So not only <laughs> exactly. was he fed balls, you know, at home, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, the specific balls used to break the record were also, uh, you know, heavier. So for, for all of this talk about, you know, just how, how, how important it was that somebody broke this record the right way, the clean way, without steroids, um, you know, I think that uh, nobody's talking about the fact that uh, this record is illegitimate, too, if we're going to go that way. Exactly. Some more artificial I- interference, as we would say, right? And, you know, on that topic, too, um, you know, w- the other part of this is the staying on the topic of the MLB, the other part of this overrated, you know, uh, number two place is that, uh, the MLB milestones and the farewell tours. Oh my God. I mean, this season was just rough for this. And listen, here's what I'm saying. Am I saying, you know, good for Miguel Cabrera to hit 3000 to get his 3000 hit good for him. Okay. Albert Pujols. We were just talking about these balls. Okay. I, yeah. I, I wouldn't doubt that, you know, number 700 came from one of those balls on Apple TV when, yeah. uh, you yeah. know, yeah. leading up to that week, uh, Bally sports was covering every game, you know, locally in, in the Midwest. Um, but just the, the goodbyes and, uh, the award and the people who may retire, but it may be their last game, but we don't know for sure. And the people who may get traded, but probably aren't and in all this stuff. And it was just so tired. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, and, and, and yeah. to, 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 to run this farewell tour out for someone like Miguel Cabrera, give him a, a all-star nod, despite the fact that he's been horrible for six years when <sighs> he still has multiple years on his contract. There's right. no way he's going to walk away from what forty million dollars or whatnot, million tens of millions of dollars, and that's just contractually, right? I mean, he, he'll probably make you know sixty million dollars combined if you know he, he sticks around for everything. It's like, 
it's just it was just this whole thing and you know it just really overshadowed the actual accomplishments and it just tired out the sport and it's again we've talked about this the mlb is constantly trying to appeal to this young fan base and yet all of the focus is on all these old, old traditional yeah, pl- yeah you know players and just uh, this mentality right yeah yeah you know they're 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 trying to you know grow a younger fan base while focusing on players that haven't been good since you know the iraq war right started exactly. since like exactly. 2004 you know it's, so. it's it's remarkable and I, I mean i even saw you know just across the board everything major League baseball is doing is kind of whack but uh you know, right. that's a that's a different conversation <laughs> definitely definitely it just you know i think with those two i think it uh it blew up and it was absolutely overrated there were some cool things happening in major league baseball there were some fun players to watch and um uh, we will be able to continue to watch and that was overshadowed by a lot of the the old stuff is what we'll say but uh you know we got to go to number one here and uh number one on my list is a guy you know, Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> I think there's, I don't, I don't know. I think that if you had done this a month ago, he would be overrated. But uh, you know, uh, maybe maybe the the media circles that that you follow, <laughs> being ingrained in Saudi soccer, um, <laughs> are different than mine. But I, I think the consensus across the board um, is that uh, not only is he overrated, but He's about the worst person alive. Yeah. I mean, listen, uh, I mean, he's an icon, right? Uh, he's an icon. He's a generational player. I mean, he's more than that. Uh, he's, he's, he's just the, he's been the face, one of the faces of the sport for, for quite a while, but he's also a monumental headache and the media coverage on this man is just awful. He, he just feeds on this and they just eat this up and it's become worse and worse. I mean, let's just recap. I mean, from the issues at Old Trafford, right, uh, to an interview with Pierce Morgan where he just speaks poorly of Manchester United and the owners, you know, happy to take their money, but they suck, right? And all that stuff is true. You know, I'm I, I, the Glazers, I'm sure all that stuff is true. I mean, he complained about Eric uh, Ten Hag. You know, he talked about being betrayed and disrespected. Um, you know, it's constantly the the Ronaldo show. And then let's fast forward to the World Cup, okay, where he's butting heads now with Fernando Santos, and he's getting benched, and he's complaining about respect on this global platform where he's playing with other athletes that have idolized him, idolized him. They're playing with their hero. I mean, Mbappe, they were showing pictures of Mbappe in his room just a few years back, 10 years ago, covered in Cristiano Ronaldo you know, uh, posters. And I mean, you've got fans there who paid to just see him in uniform and he's supposed to be representing Portugal and it's still the Ronaldo show. The man has enough money to support generations of ancestors and he hasn't performed at a high level recently and still demands this respect. He's the most overrated athlete in the world, in my opinion right now. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. You know, like I said, I think that I think a large number of fans that, especially casual fans who maybe don't follow all that much soccer but are familiar with the big names like Ronaldo, have definitely soured on him recently. Right? Sure, um, sure. 
but but I, I think that that another obviously any amount of respect given to him at this point is is too much but yeah, at the same yeah. time it's something I, uh, th- that we should discuss is the fact that he should be in prison like everything else aside he should be in jail in fucking nevada for you know sexually assaulting someone for sure yeah like absolutely. like outside of everything else he should be midway through a 15 year sentence and this was brushed off as though it was i mean with all the media coverage that's out there and i mean all the attention that this man gets internationally okay and this story disappeared in the quickest amount of time that i've ever seen you know i mean it it happens regularly in the nfl which is to be expected now but for someone of this caliber un freaking believable man yeah that's let's it's like kobe bryant level quick that's how quick it is i mean it's like we're we'll do anything possible to make sure that nothing happens and that this is a distant memory while it's still actually happening but yeah i mean it's it's just another part of this saga that you know needs to come to an end and uh, you know i know um has he signed is he is he yeah. has he, yeah, he, he just has. signed with um uh, who was it? Newcastle? No, I think it was uh, <laughs> Alnasser, right? A, a, a club actually in Saudi Arabia. So. A club actually there. Yeah. I, you know, and there, I, I know that uh, Real Madrid wants to, uh, you know, eventually bring this person back. But, you know, it's, it's like I said, still in all, I mean, people talk about Ronaldo everywhere you look. It's Ronaldo this, Ronaldo that. I mean, it's, it's, just to think that some somebody's getting more attention than Tom Brady at this point is just incredible. Yeah, yeah. We're only a couple of years away from them co-starring in some, you know, oil barons. Cop, a buddy cop movie? Well, I was going to say some <laughs> some some oil money funded, uh, you know, reality or, yeah. show. Oh, on the, my gosh. The artificial, you know, artificial coastline of some Saudi island. If, if we would have talked about this at the beginning of the year, it would have been a, uh, a crypto movie, definitely. Well, there's probably going to be some tie-in NFTs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, I, I think because of the, uh, the the World Cup coverage and um, you know everything that's happened in the uh, Premier League, um, there's just been uh, so much on him, and I, I think it's just been absolute nonsense and it's overshadowed so much going on um that was going on in the world cup to begin with and uh even in the premier league and uh you know glad everybody's moving on from this yeah absolutely uh in agreement there kind of across the board yeah definitely uh just to you know mention i don't know if you saw the news here earlier but uh pele passed away unfortunately yeah yeah great great soccer player uh, one of the greats of all time, if not the greatest. Probably definitely. not a, not probably. Definitely also a pretty shitty human being at times. Well, yeah, yeah. And you know, uh, like I said, it's uh, it's funny because you know, had this, I, I don't. There wasn't really. This was happening during the World Cup, but there wasn't too much talk about this, and that was kind of uh, the lead-in that I was, you know, kind of looking for. Um, I mean, do you think that is why? Or, I mean, I mean, he was in very poor health and it wasn't being covered, you know, 
by any of the networks, at least here, you know, stateside. It's well, just you seems know, odd. I don't question anything that happened with the Fox coverage of the World Cup. Uh, right. Yeah, that that was created for someone who realized soccer was a thing in 2019 when they first, you know, got a copy of FIFA for Christmas. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm sure that it was probably covered uh, in foreign media a little bit more. At the same time, uh, probably not that important to a lot of people. Yeah, like I said, I mean, you, I, I think I thought, you know, historically it would be of some significance, but uh, you know, I'm sure we'll be seeing a lot more after. I mean, it just happened here, you know, this afternoon, I believe. So, well, you know, yeah. Well, and another thing is that the the current state of football in Brazil, soccer in Brazil, is a little mm-hmm. precarious politically. Um, you know, with the recent elections there, uh, you know, the, the sport has been co-opted by a lot of different people. And it's probably one of those things that foreign audiences probably shouldn't speak on at the moment, you know? Right, right, definitely. Well, uh, we've got a uh, fairly good sports weekend coming up. You, uh, you got anything on the radar? Are you happy to be back in the Premier League mode? You know, uh, not happy that the, that Brentford played at 4:30 a.m. this past week Pacific time. Yeah. But uh, you know they do. Uh, they they do had that play. game too. They had yeah. that game. Man. Yeah. They they first blew half it. they were they were playing well and uh, yeah. I mean, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Well, you know we've got the game. It'll be today for listeners, but tomorrow for us. Uh, you know Brentford plays 11:45 uh, a.m. tomorrow. Much better time. University of Houston's taking on a 10 and three. Uh, UCF team, which it shouldn't be an issue, but you never know with these guys. Uh, yeah, all kinds of all it. kinds of things can happen. It's been crazy, and then uh, the uh, Buffalo Bills are uh, are in town Monday to play the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, are you gonna are you gonna snag some tickets? You know, I've been looking at uh, at two hundred fifty dollars a pop. It's a little little rich, uh, but uh, you know, who knows? I'll be I'll be wandering around down there, so uh, we'll we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, you can watch the game from a bar across the street. Exactly, that's nice. But I did uh, did I tell you I I, I bought uh, I bought tickets to the uh, University of Houston uh, UC game. Yeah, you uh, mentioned yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That'll, so that'll be a, that'll be fun. Yeah, definitely. Def- yeah, so a lot going on. It's been a long year. Uh, looking forward, look, <laughs> <laughs> looking forward to the year. yeah, looking forward to the next one. And again, you know, I mentioned it earlier, but uh, thank you all for uh, for going on this ride along with us. We will uh, talk to you again in 2023. Yeah, see you on the other side. Yeah, until then, you can listen to this episode and all episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever podcasts can be found. You can follow us. On Twitter at underrated pod, that's at under underscore rated underscore pod. On TikTok at the same username, and on YouTube at underrated pod. You can also support us on Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/underratedpod. Until next Until year. Next year, yeah. All right. <laughs>